Hey guys, welcome to the show. This is your host, Suzanne. Bum, 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 all right guys so i am excited of course i'm excited i'm always excited i try to be excited about all my episodes but this episode i was going to talk about something that i love something that brings me great joy and great pleasure and that is reading. So this episode is going to be titled The Art of Reading. I truly believe that reading is an art form. Reading is something that should be sought after, that you should do often, as often as you can, as much as you can. Um, You know, I think it's one of life's greatest pleasures. I mean, there is, for me personally, there's just something about a new book, the touch the smell, the feel, the pages, how they turn, um, how they sway. You know, when you open up a book and you're able to be transported to different places, exotic places that you could only dream about, places that you end up visiting you know, one day and depending on the author and, you know, your imagination, I'll let you know that I have a really good imagination. You could be transported to Paris and see the Eiffel Tower. You can go to Rome and see the cathedrals. You can go to Greece and see the beaches, to London, to feel the atmosphere. I mean, every time I'm reading a book by a great author talking about London, I could feel the rain and the dampness. I mean, I love reading. And, you know, when I read something and they do justice to the Caribbean, the Caribbean, I mean, I'm from Jamaica, so you know you're writing about Jamaica. You know that you have a pretty tough audience, but the sand between your toes, the crystal clear waters, I mean, the sun beating on your face, I mean, just outstanding. The food, the fruits, I love it. So reading to me, opens up an entire world for you. And as a kid growing up in Jamaica, for me, that was everything. Before I set foot on a plane, I was, um, or an airplane, I should say, right? Before I set foot out of Jamaica, I had been to all these places just from reading and using my imagination, you know, and I knew that one day I would travel to these far off places because in my mind, like, how could I not? How could I not see these places? How could I not go down the canals of Italy? You know, so I knew I was going to see all these places, but in my mind, oh my goodness. And, you know, when I was a kid, there was a lot of other kids that were excited about summer and they were excited about playing, but I was excited about how many books that I could read. I know you're probably thinking nerd alert, but you know what? I was excited about the amount of books that I could read for the summer. You know, when I came to America, I remember I was in high school and I found out you could take out 40 books at one. Four zero books at once. I was beyond excited. Um, I thought this is like the best life is ever going to be. It couldn't get any better than this. Of course it did, but you know, 
in my teenage years, getting 40 books out of the library was just amazing. And I continued my passion for the library um, for a very long time until years later, and I'm so disgusted by it, and I, it's probably stopped now. I used to go and grab these books and read these books, and then somebody decided, and it wasn't one book, it was several books, to like pick their nose and just wipe it across the pages. And my thing is I like to curl up with a book. Um, you know, I, I have a favorite spot. I curl up with my blanket. I have this book. Sometimes I have a cup of tea and I'm drinking, I'm reading, I'm transporting. I might be sitting on that couch, but I'm in the far, I'm on a safari in Africa and I am just, oh, in the wilds of Tanzania, I am doing things, my friend. But anyway, yeah, I'm, I'm being transported right now. Somebody decided or several people decided to clean their nose and wipe it all over the pages. It just, it, it killed it for me. It was horrific. Um, my love of the library right there. But I started to buy books. And here's the problem with buying books. You keep buying books and buying books. And for somebody who reads as much as I do, um, that's a lot of books. I remember going to Walden Books and Barnes and Nobles. And then there was this place where I lived called Media Place. And you can go and curl up and read a book. And if I read it, I and it was a good book, I had to own that book. And I had so many books. And then you know, as a kid, like when you move to a different home and you end up losing some of these books. I mean, I have some books with me that I've read over and over because they're just so good and didn't know where to put them. And my mom was like, okay, we cannot move with this much books. And my other sister ended up being a reader too. So she had a lot of books. Um, and actually as an adult, as I got older and I would read, I would take all these books with me. So needless to say, it made some extra weight in my luggage. And, um, and I'll talk about that, you know, how I solved that or how my husband solved that, I should say, a little later on. But I got to the point where I was just giving away books. So I would buy these books and then I would read them because if I'm driving somewhere in a car and I'm not the one that's driving, I would... Um, be reading. Or if I'm driving and I'm at a stoplight or I'm stuck in traffic and I pull over any reason or I have to wait on something, I would read a book. Anyway, I digress from there. I'm doing a lot of things a lot safer now. But I would get to the point that I would just give books away. So I'm like, I come out of the car and I'm done with the book and I see a random person. I'm like, hey, would you like a book? I just read. It's a great book. Here you go. I don't need anything. I never wrote my name in it or anything, uh, but I just gave them the book. And like I'm telling you, I take care of my books. So these books looked brand new. Or if I go to, um, when I went on vacation, I would take these books with me and then I would leave them in the hotel room. But then I wondered, um, like the, the housekeepers might not be able to keep them because it would look like it's theft. So then these books are might be thrown away or whatever. And I, I, I mean, I love books. I didn't want them to be thrown away. So I'll say to somebody, Hey, would you like a book? I mean, it got crazy. People are like, okay, who's this random crazy lady just walking up to me and give me a book. But yep, that is <laughs> what I did. I just gave books away. You know, as a little girl in high school, um, not before I even got to high school, let's say it like, so when I was in elementary school, I was reading books like Judy Bloom, and I don't know how old y'all are, but this might be taking you all back. There was these Harlequin romance. And I remember as a, like, as a little kid too, they had these romance magazines 
that you could read it. I don't know. I got caught up. I can't even remember what it's called, but I loved it. I did. Oh my goodness. Nancy Drew, there was not a mystery that she came upon that I wasn't a part of. You know, the Hardy Boys, Sweet Valley High. Oh my goodness. Reader's Digest with Archie and Betty and Veronica and Jughead and all those others from Riverdale. Although there's that new Riverdale show that uh, I watched the first couple of episodes, absolutely nothing like what I read when I was a kid. But anyway, so those were the books of my youth. Those were the books of my elementary years. So like I said, I loved reading. And as I got older, I discovered other authors, you know, like John Grisham, although I will say his endings always drove me crazy. His endings always left me unsatisfied. And I always felt that he could do something different. Um, I read Sidney Sheldon, which funny turned out that Sidney Sheldon did the I Dream of Jiri series or he wrote for that. Um, but I found his book and his books were thick and he was a master of creating the atmosphere. I mean, he made you feel as if you were right there. If you were dependent on your proclivities, right? If you were the hero or the villain, whoever you identified with, he made you feel like you were them. Like he was just an absolute master when it came to that. You know, Dan Brown, he transported me to historical places. You know, he wrote the Da Vinci Code. Um, you know, one of the things I also did, though, I always read the book before I watched the movie. And personally, to me, the movie never lived up to the book, but it was great. I mean, for John Grisham, who I mentioned earlier, I read The Firm, The Pelican Brief, you know, all of those. And I watched the movie and the movies were fantastic. You know, Tom Cruise, Denzel Washington, Julia Roberts, them all my people. But the books were outstanding. Standing. Um, you know, like I said, Dan Brown, I read the Da Vinci Code, like I read all of that before Tom Hanks did such a brilliant job with it, but I had to read the book. Like if I knew, especially if I know that the movie's coming out, I will read the book first. And somebody's like, doesn't that ruin the movie? No. Um, and I'm not watching like point out what they did wrong. I know they take liberties um uh, when they write the screenplay because the things in book don't often translate into movies, but I love the books. You know, James Patterson was another person who was so masterful with storylines that kept you guessing till the end. Um, you know, like I, I just would be like, uh, who did this? And sometimes you think you know and then you don't know. So he was fantastic. And then, you know, I discovered authors like Terry McMillan. I mean, she told stories that I could identify with. And, you know, that was another thing. Like a lot of the authors that I read, you know, the stories I couldn't really identify with, I was transported. But then here, Terry McMillan, she was writing stories that were real, that I know somebody, I have an aunt, a cousin, an aunt, aunt uncle, you know, I mean, it was just, I mean, ridiculous how it touched me. And, you know, one of the things that I do is if I find an author that I read, I will search for everything that they have ever written and read it all. And if it's really good, then I'll, there's a couple ones that I'll, you know, I'll buy from my personal collection and I'll reread them over and over again. You know, I found Maya Angelou and Toni Morrison who, I mean, they're writing touched your soul, their mastery of the language. It was like poetry. It's like you, you're crying, but you feel empowered. Um, you know, I read romance novels. I mean, I read romance novels from Daniel Steele and Jackie Collins and Amanda Quick and Susan Elizabeth Phillips. I read those for pleasure, just 
fun, pure, unadulterated fun. You know, I didn't read a book because somebody said that it was popular or because it was like on the New York bestsellers list or something like that. You know, because a lot of times, sometimes the books that are on those lists, mm, um, I'm just not a fan of. So I read for me, the things that brought me joy, things that I understood, things that I loved. Um, and sometimes I'll be honest, you know, I, I talked about in one of my episodes about people saying that I wasn't black enough. And, um, you know, some of the books that I read, they were like, oh my goodness, that's a white people book you're reading and things like that. But I didn't allow things like that to deter me. I just loved reading. You know, I remember in high school, I had to read um, 1984 by George Orwell. And I honestly thought it was one of the most boring book. It was just beyond, beyond boring. Um, and, you know, I had to read it in high school. So maybe that's why. But anyway, um, it, but, you know, I still talk about it to this day. The things from then that seemed so foreign is, whew, anyway. So sometimes these books that you read as a kid, is coming back to haunt you because you could never imagine something like that. You know, because years later, I'm still remembering George Orwell, 1984. You know, I remember in class, I had to read book from um, Ellie Weisel. You know, he talked about the Holocaust and things that haunt me to this day. They were tough to read. You know, I read books about slavery from, you know, people like Frederick Douglass and it just made me cry for my ancestors and it made me want to do more um, and to go after my dreams more because if they did so much with all that was against them, you know, how can I complain, right? So basically, you know, I read whatever I could get my hands on. Malcolm X, I can't, I don't remember when I read it, but I read that a long time ago. And I actually, the other day, found my copy and says, I have to read this again. Um, you know, school wasn't an issue. I was a straight A student. I wasn't worried about my grades. But anytime I got a chance to read, that's what I would do. I would read. I remember, you know, my parents would be in their room and I would have a book under the covers, you know, with like a little pen light, flashlight or things like that. And I was told my entire life that you're going to go blind from reading so much. Haha, ha, I'm still 2020, baby. But they would say you can't like read in the dark. I would read by candlelight, by lamplight, out by light, by, I mean, any opportunity I got to read, I would read. So, you know, even when I was pregnant, um, I read so many books to my kids in the womb because I wanted them to come out being readers. And I love kids' books. They're so happy. You know, they're so nonsensical sometimes. It just brings you joy. So I'd read to the kids um, in my womb a lot. And then when they came out and started to read, I would read, read, read. I remember my first daughter, Sarah Jessica, um, like she was two years old. I'm like, okay, why isn't she reading? Like I wanted her to read. And, you know, I was writing my set to my friends. Okay, I'm going to buy all the hooked on phonics because she should be reading right now. And she's like, okay, Suzanne, calm down. Like the child will read. Anyway, she ended up reading. She learned from that book Biscuit. Um, it's a series about a little dog. And it, you know, she learned from it and she kept and she continued to read. And then, you know, I was over the moon. And honestly, when she got a little older, she kind of veered off. She didn't really like reading as much. And that was like crushing for a reader like me. 
And so I was like, okay, I'm going to find books that she will love. So I found, you know, Diary of a Wimpy Kid and she loved it. So she went back into reading, um, you know, the drama series, the Dear Diary series, um, the Smile series, like anything I could find that is age appropriate. She's 13 now, like that is age appropriate that she can get into, um, you know, things like that. Those are the books that I bought for her because like I said, I wanted her to love reading. And she did, she fell back in love and, you know, I, I, I continue to buy these books. The minute I see one, I get one for her. At first I was going to buy the entire series at once. And a friend of mine, she had said to me, okay, Suzanne, all right, buy one or two book first to see she likes it before you go spend a hundred and something dollars. And, um, then she doesn't like the book. Um, so I was excited when she, you know, like rediscovered her love of reading. Um, and I have a seven year old right now. She's reading, she is doing chapter books. She just started, you know, reading her sister books, uh, her sister's book. And like, I, I'm just like, I'm over the moon. And I actually last year, or I think it was the year before we redid, um, the kids playroom. And there were so many books that we had to donate, uh, just a ton of books because like we have a massive bookshelf, it's full. So we're like, all right, go through and pick out the books that mean the most to you. And of course that's all of them, but then we donated and, um, we ended up going to this place, but they said they had a lot. So I just, I just randomly walk up to people and give them books you know, I, I get lost in books. I could read for hours nonstop. And when I find a book that's really, really good, I don't want to put it down. Um, you know, I would take a day or two or a couple of hours to read a book. And, you know, I always wondered how people took that long. Um, it's not that I was a fast reader, but it's like the better the book, the more engrossed I get. And I don't want to put it down. And honestly, not only do I love reading, I like to encourage others to read. So, while I'm reading, I'm telling you, uh, somebody else, like, please read. I tried to turn converts, uh, you know, and many of my friends, not all of them, like, they're like, yeah, no. They just think that it's the most boring thing on earth. It's funny, my best friend, who I adore, she doesn't do reading. Uh, she tries, but, you know, I know she wants to be a reader, but, you know, it's funny, but I, I don't know. It's like, either you have it or you don't. I think that reading is a lost art. And trust me, if it's something that I could bring back, I would. Um, I would bring back big stores for people to curl up and read. And clearly, I get it with e-readers and things like that. There's no money in it right now. But like just a big open atmosphere where you can curl up, grab a book, listen to some music, drink some coffee, and just read. But of course, those places are gone. So now I create that experience in my home. Um, so me loving to read now, I love my husband and my husband knows me very, very well. So he, a couple of years ago for one birthday, he had given me this e-reader. Um, it was like before the Kindle, it was like pan digital. I think he got it at Best Buy. And I read it. Okay. Okay. I mean, I've been through a few, like, cause like sometimes I'll put it in the bag with books and crack the screen and whatever. And I would read. Um, and then, you know, end up getting an e-reader. Uh, uh, e I have the fire tab, but I have all that. 
but I felt like I was betraying my books. Like every time I read and it was like, nobody knew it wasn't even something I was doing, but, but I just felt like I was being, um, you know, disloyal to books. If I read an e-reader, it was just like, it just wasn't the same. It was like, I couldn't touch the book. I couldn't feel it. I couldn't smell the pages. I couldn't turn the pages. I couldn't, you know, I, I won't crease my pages. Um, you know, if I have a bookmark or like I put it in there and then just forget where I am and oh my goodness. And no, I did not highlight my books. I didn't underline my books. My books were things I loved. Anyway, bought me an e-reader and how I became, I came a fan of the e-reader. So no, it will not replace books, but I will tell you, I have learned the benefits of an e-reader. So we were going to Punta Cana one year and I overpack, haven't figured out how to pack light yet. So I overpack and, you know, I have an outfit for the morning, the afternoon, the evening, and then dinner, just in case we decide to go dancing. And then there's three of us at the time. It was three of us. And I packed a lot of clothes for us. Right. And I was like, okay, and I wanted to read these books. So I had all these books. There was a lot of books, big, thick books. And we got to the airport and it was overweight. And I was like, oh my goodness, I cannot. And they charge you so much for the overweight bags. And I'm like, I am not going to do this, like pay all this extra money to carry the books. So I remember taking all these books out off the luggage. And then once they came out, the bag was light. And then putting them in a different bag and using it because you could carry one carry-on and a personal. And luckily my daughter, the baby didn't have a carry-on or per, like a personal. So I was able to put that in and then use that and say, that's her personal or her carry-on. And I was like, holy cow. And then my husband was like, well, if you had brought the e-reader, you could have gotten all those books on it. Hey, strike one for the husband, right? Or I should say point one for the husband. Strike one, point one. It's kind of the same thing, right? When you're dealing with husbands. So I was like, holy cow. So I went on vacation, you know, read all the books, left all the books. And that's when I saw the true value of a e-reader. Now, let me tell you something. Having kids kind of mess with your reading schedule because it's like every time I go to the beach and I'm like, you know, I'm going to lay on this chair and watch my kids play in the water while I read. No, I can't read because I'm thinking about my kids. So my eyes are on my kids. So I can't read the book. So I put it on. Same thing in the pool. I'm like, she's in the pool. Um, you know, I'm going to read the book. No, again, my eyes are on my kid the whole time. So I can't read the book by the pool. I can't read the book by the beach because I'm watching the kids. And even when the husband's there and it's in there with them, then I get caught up watching them play. And anyway, so I can't. So the only time I could read the book on vacation is if I go to the pool by myself, like the husband's in the room or at the play area or at the restaurants with my daughter. And then I can read because it's the only time like I can say, okay, I can read. Or if I stay in the room just to read. Yeah. And on the plane there, yeah, I don't sleep. I read. And then once everybody is in at night sleeping, I read. But needless to say, that was when I loved I won't say fell in love. I love, or I really, really liked the e-reader. So hubby did good. He did great. And when I do love the e-reader, I have the Amazon Fire right now. I get a lot of books and I've discovered that my library's online so I can get a lot of books from my library. And I read 
so much books, so much books, so much books, so much books. So I can get it, I can download it. I can highlight without messing up the pages. I remember, it remembers exactly where I was. So there's a lot of benefits to it. I will give it that, you know, I don't have to have an additional light. It has the light. I can turn it day, night, things like that. And if I remember to charge it, um, you know, it's good. So nothing against an e-reader. I do think that it is fantastic. And I could bring as many books as I want on vacation um, in that little e-reader without it weighing down my bag. And I just use my, um, it's in my purse and it's a tiny little thing. So yay. Um, I'm a fan of the e-reader, but I'm telling you, nothing beats the book. Nothing beats holding that book in your hand. It's not the same when you curl up with an e-reader. I'll tell you the very honest truth, but I have learned to deal with it. Um, you know, so there's a couple of books that I've read. Um, so I actually, six years ago, I decided to go back to college and, um, I got my associate's degree. Um, there was a lot of reading involved, so I didn't get to read as much, um, as I would like to, you know, whenever I could, I'd sneak out and read a book and, you know, things like that. But there was just so much to read because at the time, I was going to school full time. I was taking care of my dad who was sick. I, you know, I had two kids. I have, um, and one was a newborn baby. My husband at the time had had surgery, so I was taking care of him. So working full time, going to school full time, taking care of the kids and, you know, things like that. That was just, it was a lot. So I didn't get as much time to read. And because I was going to school full time and I was working full time, most of my classes had to be taken the evenings and nights. So, I mean, I didn't take any time off. I went to summer school. I went to winter sessions, whatever it is, just because I wanted to do the two years for the associate, the two years for the bachelor's and the two years for the master's. And I'm happy to report that I'll be graduating this May with um, dual master's. So I'm very, very excited about that. Um, but it limited my reading ability because I didn't have as much free time to donate or I should say give to reading. So um, two years of school for the associates, two years for the bachelors, and then another two years for the masters. So, but last year, um, there was a couple of books that came on my radar and there's a couple of books that I read for fun, you know, just like sometimes I just need something light, a light romance, read it. I love love stories. I love people fall in love. I love happy endings. So I would read a couple of those, but I read a couple of books last year that I would recommend. So I read Finding My Voice by Valerie Jarrett, who was an advisor to President Obama. She worked um, in the White House during the Obama administration. And I would recommend this book for many reasons. I loved it because she it's autobiography. It's an autobiography. Um, but she was very honest about who she was, you know, as a child growing up and, you know, her behaviors and things like that. And, you know, being a woman, being a powerful woman, you know, getting married, finding out like the married not marriage not working out, you know, having a child and things like that. And she lists the things that she was good at and the things that she wasn't good at. Um, she also, you know, talked about her path to the White House, you know, working, you know, uh, working in the private sector and then realizing she loved the public sector and going to work in the public sector and hiring Michelle Robinson, who turns out 
turns into Michelle Obama, you know, then working at the White House, you know, her love and respect for the Obamas and, you know, all the things that she was witness to and things like that. It is a great read. It's a phenomenal read. Um, and, you know, I would encourage you and I would recommend you to read it. I want to give it all away because I like sometimes you read uh, somebody gives you a summary off a book and they tell you everything you're like okay were you trying to get me to read it because you just told me everything so great book um like great story about perseverance about failure about success about just so many things um and just humility like when i read it like it humble humility so i encourage you to pick that book up. So it's Finding My Voice by Valerie Jarrett. Um, the other book that I read that I actually really wanted to read was The Path Made Clear by Oprah Winfrey. Now, I have always talked about my purpose and The Path Made Clear by Oprah Winfrey, it's about finding your purpose. And one of the first things in the book, it said like, you know, if you open the book, one of the first, if you type in what is my purpose online, what happens, like how many things come up and billions of responses. And I've always wondered, you know, what my purpose is. And if you've listened to any of my shows, you know that I feel like my purpose is aligned with God, my purpose is aligned with doing for others. My purpose is aligned with making this world a better place for others. So this book I wanted to read because it had quotes and things like that from, yes, yeah, some famous people, some celebrities, some thinkers and some doers and, you know, things like that. But people who have done something, people who have lived through it, people who have failed, people who have had incredible success, incredible failure and things like that. And of course, there's Oprah, you know, how I feel about Oprah. So, you know, her thoughts and her feelings, because she's had failure and things like that. And I thought it was a great book to help you to see that you are not the only person that is on the quest to finding out their purpose. And you shouldn't feel bad if you don't know what your purpose is. But what you should realize that your purpose should bring you joy and your purpose is exactly what it is. It is your purpose, not your mama, your daddy, your kids, your husband, your wife, your spouse, your partner, anybody. Your purpose is your purpose. And I loved that book. And, you know, I quote some of the, the, the quotes from, you know, the people that are in it, um, to my kids and things like that. And I take some of them to heart and I examine it and I break it down and I create my own. But all I know is this, and after reading it, one of the things that it highlighted to me, every single person on earth has a purpose. And I think one of the greatest tragedy is if you go through life without finding your purpose or if you are living somebody else's purpose. So read that book. I think it highlights a couple of things. Um, it will help you on your path to finding your purpose. And then I am at one of my favorite books that I read. And it was Becoming my, by Michelle Obama. Now, I already mentioned her. Um, and, you know, it's intertwined because she and Valerie Jarrett had worked together. So it's funny. I ended up reading a book by actually three ladies who know each other. And I'm aware there's no male recommendation. But these are the three books that touched me the most that I love. So Becoming 
by Michelle Obama was simply exquisite. Now, I'm sure almost everybody has read it. If you haven't read it, I encourage you to pick it up and get it. And then I actually had my daughter, Sarah Jessica, read it also when I was done. It was just, and I mean, I get it. Like, you know, people want to read, you know, stories and books by famous people, but it was like a peek inside of a woman that I admire, a woman that to me is just simply outstanding. Um, and you know, she was very honest with who she was, like her struggles, her failures. Um, you know, and yeah, you know, and Barack Obama's in there. Yeah. She was talking about Barack, but I, I really was reading for Michelle and she has such a masterful way with words that you get so lost in the book. So there was a, a chapter, there was a scene in there when she was talking about, um, you know, a limo pulling up and these guys coming out and having these wild animals and th they were on the lawn playing with these animals, you know, Barack, Michelle, Sasha, and Malia. And, um, the, the like then the wild animals, like whatever, they got loose her for something and she grabbed one kid and she ran, I think she ran with Malia and then Obama was, Barack was still there with, um, uh, Sasha and they were, running around the field and anyway like the tiger's guard it was a cheetah the cheetah got loose and she said she assumed that barack was coming with the other kid but then when she looked back what she saw was the wild animal chasing her family and then the like these people chasing the kids uh chasing the wild animals with like the tranquilizer dart and i'm telling you i was at the edge of my seat. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness, I didn't hear about this. And then she's like, they shot the dart and the dart missed the cheetah. And then anyway, turns out she was dreaming. But girl, let me tell you, I was reading that. I was at the edge of my seat. My, um, my heart was in my throat. <gasps> and I'm like, even though I know these kids are okay, I was like, wow. And then, okay, so here's the thing which I just, I'm still blown away by, and I told a lot of people, when she was talking about Barack Obama's second term. Now, when I read this book, of course, he was no longer president. Um, you know, the presidency had ended, but in the second term, like she has me at the edge of my seat. I'm like, oh, I'm like, I'm rooting for him. And I'm, I'm praying. I'm like, okay, why am I praying that this man wins? I already know that he won the election. It's done. It's over. But she took us to the point that we were right in that room with them. We were cheering for them. We were hoping we were praying like that, that he would win when he already won. So I'm telling you, the fact that she was able to do that is simply outstanding. And, you know, in just her relationship with her parents, um, you know, especially with her brother that just so close. So becoming exceptional book. Michelle Obama did an exceptional job. And, you know, yes, these are by women that I admire. Um, so yeah, maybe it's going to be a little biased, but yeah, Hey, there it is. Um, so right now I'm wrapping up, um, Oh yeah. So let me just remind you the, the three books that I recommend. I encourage you to pick up Finding My Voice by Valerie Jarrett, um, The Path Made Clear by Oprah Winfrey, um, and then Becoming My Michelle Obama. Um, right now I'm wrapping up grad school, um, at the end. So there's a lot of paper and things like that, that I have to do, but I am currently reading, um, We're Gonna Need More Wine by Gabrielle Union. Now, 
I've wanted to read that for a long time. And for one reason or the other, I haven't had an opportunity to read it because it's like, then there's this class and then there's this class. And then, you know, you get distracted and things like that. But I'm under quarantine and I'm doing work and, you know, I'm hanging out with the kids, homeschooling, all that fun, fantastic stuff. But I had the opportunity and I am reading it and I haven't finished reading it yet. But girl... Let me tell you, Gabby, she talks about some things that, I mean, all right, honestly, I don't know if I'll be brave enough to talk about, but um, just, it's really, really good. And, you know, one of the things that she talked about was being a child and not having enough information about the female body as a little girl growing up. And she talked about Judy Bloom. Um, who I read as a child, right? Judy Bloom and the things that they taught them. And, you know, she had referenced the fact like today, like teenagers or whatever can still get this information from so many different sources. But can I just tell you, since I was a kid to today, nothing has changed. I don't think there's really any good place that gives women, female information about their bodies, understanding their bodies, accepting their bodies. We are taught to be ashamed of our bodies. Um, you know, it's going to lead you into temptation and things like that. And while I'll, I won't be, I'm not as vocal as Miss Union. Um, I do believe that it's important as parents for us to teach our kids about their bodies. Um, you know, understanding their bodies so that they know how to take care of their bodies and learn that it's not something to be ashamed of because when you are ashamed of something, other people are able to come in and do things and make, and because you're ashamed, you are afraid to talk. I always think about, you know, kids that are abused and things like that. And, you know, one of the things that these predators always say to them, you know, like, you know, it was you and, you know, you tempted me and things like that. And so out of fear, because they think they did something wrong, not understanding their bodies and their feelings that they're feeling, they will hide this and this predator, you know, escapes and keeps doing it over and over again. So I just started reading it. I've only read a couple of chapters. Um, there's one scene in there that, you know, um, <laughs> anyway, there's a lot of scene in there, but it's a lot of honesty and I can't wait to go a little further and dig into it a little deeper, but I am telling you, um, that is another book. Um, and I typically don't recommend book until I finish it, but that is another book that I think that you should read, um, just for the sheer honesty and, you know, just for the realness, um, to see that she went through something like that. And it's funny, I do follow her on Instagram right now. But what I will say is this, I applaud the woman that she has become, the woman that consistently speaks her truth, who recognizes who she are and has finally accepted who she is and is proud of everything about herself and dares people and tell people, you either accept all of me or none of me. And I think we all need to have that moment. So that Gabby moment where we realize that I've always been, and this was um, a, a, a scene from Blackish. I watched Blackish and it says, you know, 
I'm dope. Diane had said to this boy, she was trying to pull back duller light so this guy could shine. And remember there was a scene, she says, I'm dope and I'll always be dope. Can you handle that? So Gabby, here's to you. You're dope. You've always been dope. And I hope everyone around you can handle it. Now, I, that's a book, like I said, that's a book that I've re I recommend. Um, I'm just doing it now, but even though I haven't finished it, I've recommended it. So this actual podcast actually took longer than I thought. I was not going to um, talk that long about reading, but I love reading. I thought it was going to be like a good 15, 20 minutes of reading. Um, but like I said, the art of reading is such a beautiful thing. And while you're home in this quarantine right now, why not pick up a book? Why not read a book? And there's a lot of um, things that you can do. So if you're like me who have ran out of space to put books and you, you know, you've turned into this crazy person that's going around, um, just giving random people books after you're done reading them. Um, how about, I'll, I'll recommend it. I'll recommend it. I know, I know I'm, I'm crying too, but how about getting an e-reader? Now with an e-reader, you can download as many books as you want. There's a lot of free reading apps that you can do. Um, and you can do, um, the libraries cause I do on the library and I get a lot of books and you get them for, you know, I think they have three different versions. I always do the 21 days, but I always finish them in one or two days and then I put them back. Um, when I'm done with school this semester, I'm going to have so much free time. So hopefully I'll be able to read again. And actually I've been reading my Bible a lot during this, um, quarantine. I am doing the, I think it's Nikki Gumbel. He has read the Bible in a year. Um, it's an app, um, uh, the Bible app and it's a reading plan. So I'm reading it. So I'm going through and reading that. So, I mean, there's a lot of reading happening and, you know, I'm trying to wrap up a lot of classwork right now. So I'm reading a lot of articles. The thing with grad school, you don't have the textbook, but you have a lot of articles and resources to read. And some of them are good. Some of them are boring. Some of them are PDFs, which is ridiculous. But anyway, love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. So let's get back into reading. Let's come out of this quarantine better readers. Let's come out of this quarantine reading, read, you know, and pick books that you like. Read for you. Don't read for anybody else. Just read, just read. While the kids are home, get them into reading. Like my daughter, like they want to use the electronic and during the day they have their class time. But after the class time, I say to them, okay, it's reading time. So they have to read and you know, they are loving it. And then after they read, I was, I'm like, okay, tell me what you read. So read, if I could bring back a whole reading movement, I absolutely will. I did try to get my husband into a read and I found a few books that he liked, but, um, he's not a reader, but it's okay. Um, e-reader, I will recommend it. Like I said, um, if you don't have the space for multiple books, um, if you don't, um, have the time to lug all these books around the e-reader. You can have as many books as you want on it. There is another thing that I am not there yet. So audible, right? 
um, books on tape and as much, and I, I think it's a great thing because a lot of times people are driving and they want to listen to a book or things like that. And people don't have the ability. Cause I know that like, I have some people that are losing their sight and you know, all of that. There's a lot of reason, you know, and kudos that that Avenue is available, but I'm not there yet. I can't listen to the audible yet. I need to read myself. So maybe one day, you know, I'll do an episode and talk about, you know, my great love for audibles. But right now, I'm more for the reading. But hey, if Audible works for you, go ahead and use that. If that's how you have to start out um, to get into it, go ahead and do that. But, you know, like I said, I'm not there yet. But for now, this is a gal that loves reading. So I'm going to encourage you to keep reading. I'm going to encourage you to get the kids reading. I'm going to encourage you to find whatever forms, whether it's a book, whether it's an e-reader, what is it, Audible. Just go ahead. And there's many different free versions. So I thank you for listening as I talk about my love of reading And I hope that through this podcast, you'll discover your love of reading or rediscover your love of reading. Until next time, this is Suzanne saying ta-ta.